folks. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rana McBerto. Well, is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today as usual. It's a crazy day. Hey, buddies, buddies, friends, friends, family, watchers, all you guys out there. It's been rough. I had to replace my back fence. And with the help of two great PDR supporters... Roberto Lewis and Norman Reynolds, who is still out there putting on the finishing touches. Between Thursday and this morning, we got the job done. Cutting down trees around the fence and putting a new fence up. Done with the manual labor of volunteers who said they were going to help and came out and spent the time here to get this thing going. So thank you guys. You guys made Politics and Rights special. Norman said, get upstairs and get ready for the show because the show must go on. And that is exactly what is happening. Rose William, welcome aboard. AVQ, also known as Michael Rodden, welcome aboard. Nanette Bird Smith is sitting here in TS watching. Okay, I think we start with Michael with a lot of stuff. Day of Rage, an in-depth look at how a mob stormed the Capitol. Recommended video for after the show, Department of Homeland Security says the convergence of right-wing bubble rhetoric and baseless conspiracy theories regarding the 2020 election is likely to create more domestic extremist violence in August. Those politicians and pundits were enabled and incited the January 6th insurrection should be in prison for sedition along with those who perpetrated the crime. The right-wing bubble is garnering, gearing up for a second civil war. This is how we stop them. Well, we'll see. He gave a link to that, so take a look at it, guys. Also, Jeff Bezos retires with nearly $200 billion. Wealth inequality leading to widespread poverty, desperation, and crime is the leading cause of revolution. Humanity needs a better economic system than one which burden of wealth to everyone else's expense. That is very true. Who wrote that? I got to look that one up. That seems like a good article. Amazon is destroying millions of unsold goods from smart TVs to laptops, creating false scarcity. If we didn't live under capitalism, these goods wouldn't have been given away. These goods would have been given away to the needy rather than destroy the disposal of more than 130,000 new or lightly used objects in a single week is just one look in just one location public outrage was clear questions were asked about how amazon could be so wasteful and why weren't the usable objects sent to those in need you have to understand that's not how capitalism work if they dump that those televisions on the market, uh, the prices would have to be reduced. And that brings down the prices of everything else, right? Capitalism is the way the system works. It cre- I mean, we've had, I mean, you're talking about destroying TVs and televisions to keep false scarcity and keep the price up. Think about what they used to do with milk and all these other commodities. Throw them away or ask farmers not to grow them because the price would get too low. Even though there are people starving all around the world, why not grow it and then send the food around the world? We don't do that because what we want to happen is the NGOs to go out there, uh, the the non-governmental agencies 
organizations to go out there, raise funds to buy the product from the markets and send it out to the people. They don't want the product, the direct relationship between the products and those who need it. Again, it doesn't make sense within our model. Our model, the first, the first thing that must occur after production is purchase, an exchange of good for capital or services. Understand that within our economic system, there is that evil. There is that evil that you can only extricate with a complete revamp of a system to make it a humane system, to make it one that everybody can survive in. And by the way, I don't think I wished everybody a happy 4th of July. So therefore, I want before I continue reading any other things, I want to wish you a happy 4th of July. And I want to talk about, before we move on to reading more of your stuff, exceptionalism. I did a little piece, I think it was the last show, I want to go ahead and play that again. And the reason why is I want folks to talk about this and understand exactly what I'm saying here. So I didn't queue it up, but I'm, I'm in the process of queuing it up now. I want you guys to take a look at this one because I, I, think, I think this is an important statement. And you tell me what you think. Enjoy the 4th of July. Let me give a little notice about the country first. I criticize a lot of what happens in this country. Yes, happy Independence Day, okay? But what makes this country exceptional is not what most of the people who claim this country is exceptional is all about. This country is not exceptional because it has the best medical care, because it does not. This country is not exceptional because it has the best military, because having the best military doesn't mean much. This country is not exceptional because it has the best economic system, because it has an economic system that really hurts a lot of people. In fact, most people. It has an economic system that transfers the wealth to few. That's the design of the economic system that we have here. This country is not exceptional because of what it has done to the natives. It's not exceptional because of what it has done to the slaves. It's not exceptional because of what it has done to the Chinese. This country is exceptional because I am allowed to come on air and say those things. Eric Hayes is right. For the most part, we are free. And that is what makes this country exceptional. If we want to make this country exceptional, great, and honorable, we will codify the things that most of us stand for here, not only into law, but into actuality. So again, understand whenever you hear the, uh, whenever you hear those blowhards talk about the country being exceptional, about it in a different context. I've given you a litany are bad things in this country. But the one thing in this country that makes it exceptional is above and beyond all those things. I can still come on air and I can say these things that I say right now with the intent of effecting change 
And if I can convince enough of you, and if you can convince enough people, we can actually have the changes within all those systems that I've spoken about and then make America utopia. I want you to remember that. And when you listen to people who speak negatively about the United States, who are American citizens, don't you ever forget the realities. And that is important. I'm, I, what I'm trying to get at is, we, m many times we run around singing glory, glory, hallelujah. We go around criticizing people who, uh, the, who refuse to sing the national anthem, not realizing that singing the national anthem is singing, uh, singing a song to many, singing a song uh, glorifying their own demise. Third verse of the Star Spangled Banner. I suggest all of you go ahead and listen to it, read it, okay? So let's be careful. Exceptional, uh, yes. Are there other countries that allow these freedoms? Yes. But we are exceptional is that we allow those freedoms, but at the same time of allowing those freedoms, we could have been so anathema to all the good things to certain people. It's for another day. Michael Rennes says, employees say minimum wage increase is not enough to pay bills. What is, a living, uh, what is a living wage? It's certainly not $12. And in most U.S. cities, $15 doesn't even uh, cover rent for a two-bedroom apartment. The minimum wage was always supposed to be a living wage, enough for a decent life. I agree. Regarding, another one from Rudnan, regarding false blaming, falsely blaming Biden for the national debt becoming larger than the GOP. Debt is a Republican talking point. That is a distraction to avoid necessary infrastructure spending. Republicans didn't give a damn about the debt while Trump was in office, as Trump blew up both the deficit and the debt. Republicans applauded that Trump's tax cuts for the ultra-rich helped the economy trickle down is a lie. Any Republicans uh, want to cut the debt and balance the budget will need to tax the rich and slash the military budget in half. They won't. It's just a talking point for them. That is so true. South Florida collapse shows infrastructure is a persistent threat to public health. Agreed. It, it should not be forgotten that while the term infrastructure connotes physical systems and the built environment, every infrastructure failure represents a potential public health crisis. That's true. I think we know that. I'm going to move on from that. Horrifying. Record-breaking Northwest heat wave linked to hundreds of deaths. I read that. Again, climate change matters. Michael, last item, how to live in a climate permanent emergency. For a growing number that will reach a billion in the next three decades, the answer will be to pack up and move. What is interesting is what if the people who have to pack up and move are those of us in the United States of America? What are we going to do? Go conquer Mexico or go conquer Canada? Conquer the Arctic? Who knows? We'll see. Rose, welcome aboard. Linda Joe Kessinger. Hi, everybody. Robert Reed, do you think these voting rights laws could be challenged with a cultural discrimination lawsuit? No. I always thought that, um, that it wasn't possible. It looked like I got a call, so let me get a call in, and then we'll take it from there. Oh. Caller from 614, come on in. 
Okay, hello. Hello, how are you doing? All right, and you? So, I guess this is the line to um, to suggest what we could talk about today. Yes, and please uh, turn your volume down because we're in a slight delay. Okay. So, go ahead. So, what would you like to talk about? I would, I know you don't really like this subject or this spot too much, but I think we should still revisit um, really reconstructing and almost destroying our constitution and starting it from scratch because when we really look at it, it was all founded when just a certain amount of people in certain areas in life and things of that sort. And America is everyone all over the world. So for our constitution to really work for everyone in America, its foundation has to have everybody involved in it. Everybody has to be a piece of it. We can't just keep on trying to add pieces to who we are. We're, we're already this melting pot, this full group of many individuals and ethnic groups. And until we get to a point where we can accept them and have them a part of all of our systems, our systems are going to fail these people. Let me ask you, what is your name, ma'am? Tiala. T- uh, Tiala. Let me, let me ask you something. Why did you think that is a subject I wouldn't want to talk about? Well, I think I've watched you a few times, and I think when, that, when something like it came up, you, you, know, you understood it, but you really felt like it wasn't something that was going to work. No, I, I and may- I can understand why mm-hmm. people would think or, you know, just because of how our system is, 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 is in place and how much we have to battle against, I can see why people would think it wouldn't work. But I, it's like it's the only way that we're really going to be this America that we try to portray ourselves to be all over the world. I am we sorry. We trying to portray ourselves to be somebody that we're not. Uh, let me tell you, first of all, I am sorry that that is the impression that I gave you, that this isn't a subject I would want to tackle, because this is, in fact, the core of much of what we believe in here. And the truth of the matter is, you're absolutely right. When the Constitution was written, it was written where the only people who got the ability to vote were 5% of the people, which generally would have been white, uh, white uh, property-owning men. Women couldn't vote. Women didn't have a say. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I am, I mean, so far, I don't see anything that you have said that I don't agree with. And, and not only that, I was a, a, a member of the Move to Amend, uh, which we wanted to open up the Constitution for uh, more amendments to, to equalize uh, money is not speech, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things that we were also discussing was actually normalizing the Constitution, that the Constitution is a capital document. It, it talks more about uh, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't speak about any humanity at all. So, I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't have any disagreement with what you had to say, what whatsoever. And in fact, I think what you had to say is very, very accurate. In other words, if we uh, there, there's one thing that I I stop using though, and that is, or I try to stop using, and that is melting pot. I'm from Panama. Salsa is what we, we, we are into. And I think sauces and salads are a lot better than 
just throwing everything and melting it into one blob. I like I like to go ahead and have Chinese food and Italian food and Indian food and Caribbean food and you soul food and from yourself. I understand. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but anyway, like, um, we need to also understand that as America, we need to become the country that we want to be. Right now, we're a corporation. And I feel like that's also another reason why we're fighting so much for Medicare for our and just decent humanity because we're running a country as a corporation and a corporation does not care about its workers. Exactly. Let me ask you, um, I have a, I, I swear it's not a hard sell though. It's not a bad thing to have. I have a book that I wrote called How to Make America Utopia. And much of that we go over from Medicare for all to uh, how America, uh, the, the economic system that we are governed by has no soul or humanity, and what are the things that we should or could do to make it a more humane type society that we can all build. Because you're absolutely right that uh, we are, you know, the worst thing that I ever hear is when people say, let's run the, let's run the country like a business. If you run the country like a business, humanity becomes expedient. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we've taught people not to understand that. Yeah, I mean, it's getting to the point like most Americans can't even, don't even have the time to appreciate the grass that they pay for in their front lawn. Right. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, let me tell you what I, what I wrote a, a part. There's a article and there's a segment in the book called uh, something about water, right? And the idea is that we don't want uh, we, we they they fool us into believing that they're going to lower our taxes that would otherwise pay for good potable water, good water systems, so that the water going through our pipes are clean, sparkling, and good to drink. So they 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 don't we 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 get reduced taxes, so we don't get improvements in the water system, right? But you can go to any grocery store and buy tons and tons of bottled water. Bottled water, if you if you figure out what the cost of bottled water is per gallon. You are paying gasoline-type prices for water when if they just invested a few dollars a month in taxes, we all got virtually unlimited water uh, for that small investment. And We don't have to go to the store and spend more gas and put more stuff into the world, all those things. Exactly. So, look, it's been my pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for calling in. Please keep listening. Please keep sharing. And please uh, consider letting folks know that we have material here that is worth checking out. All right. Will do. Thank you very much. You have a wonderful day now. Bye-bye. Me too. Okay. Bruce says, uh, uh, let's see. Okay. First of all, we said, uh, do you th- Robert Reed says, do you think the, these voting rights laws could be challenged with a cultural discrimination lawsuit? I don't think so. I mean, a, a lot of the voting laws are really determined by the states. Now, uh, of course, the federal government can pass laws that cannot be superseded by the states. So there's a certain amount of laws that the states can pass. Here's my fear. My fear is that the const- is that the way that we have a right word federal government, I mean, f- uh, a federal bench, a, a judicial bench right now, is that the challenge is going to be as follows. State creates a very draconian voting law that suppresses the vote. Uh, because we're likely to continue with a Democratic Congress, etc., they pass a law that normalizes how 
the minimum requirements for voting in any particular state. States are obligated to follow national uh, federal law because it supersedes state law. So what happens then is the states go sue the federal government and say that the law that they pass to tell the states that they have to follow a minimum standard for voting is unconstitutional. And given that the Supreme Court has already gotten rid of Section 4 out of the Voter Rights Act, it doesn't, I, I can see clearly that they'll probably uphold the state right to not have to be impeded from whatever they want, even if it's a federal election. But we'll see. I, so my thing is, I don't think that lawsuit would work. I think what we have to do is win. You have to get people out there voting and going around all the hoops. They can't stop you from voting. So you have to go around all the hoops that they put in front of you to stop you from voting. You have to get around it, and you have got to get people voting. People have got to see the urgency. People have got to see that unless they vote, nothing really matters. Bruce Pollard says... Is the Medicare system okay for all, or do we need a different model? Which country is better? Um, first of all, the Medicare for all that we're talking about isn't the Medicare that people are used to today, that 80-20 Medicare and then with the donut hole and all that good stuff. That's not Medicare for all. And in a lot of ways, that may be a hindrance to people really understanding what it is. Medicare for all is, uh, is simply a, the policy that says you have health care from your, from your birth, to your death. And there's a, a certain minimum that, that's provided to every single human being in America and that the, and that the products that, or not the products, but the services provided by Medicare for All uh, are not services that other insurance companies can, uh, can provide again. And, and what that prevents is we don't want competition in basic healthcare at all. Competition in basic healthcare doesn't improve anything it simply becomes another expense. I want you guys to think about something. When you buy a car, if it doesn't work, you take it back. When you get a drug from the hospital and it doesn't work, if it makes you sicker, maybe, maybe you can sue the company and get a little something for it. But a doctor, if you just happen to die, you know, there is the healthcare system is one system where success isn't a requirement, right? There's a new drug for Alzheimer's that's coming out that these guys want to charge. I think it's $50,000 a year for the drug. $50,000 a year for the drug. And they're not sure if the drug works. Again, the healthcare system, everybody talk about uh, the reason why we charge for the reason why our medicines are so expensive is because of research and development. All of that has been debunked. The reason our healthcare is so high is that we have the policy in a capitalist structure that says whatever the market will bear. Every other country on this planet in the industrialized world has a better healthcare system than we do. No matter whether it's all government as it is in Great Britain, in England, or it is, uh, you know, semi, semi in, as it is in Germany, but with very, very tight controls. I prefer all government control because you take out all the profits completely. Profit is an expense. For you to have a successful private sector in healthcare, it would mean that 
you would have to have a efficiency of probably 10-15% over for it to make sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's a lie that somehow for-profit healthcare could possibly be less expensive than Medicare for All. It's a lie. Bridge MCP. Hi, all. Hello, all. Paul Fleming checking in from ATL. Rose William agree. My grandfather was starred and featured in Ireland for singing the song in favor of voting rights. All right. Hey, let's see who else we got here. Uh, Michael Rennan says, no refuge could save... The oh, here is a... The Michael gave us a third verse. No refuge of the, 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 of the Star Spangled Banner. No refuge could save the harling and slave from the terror of the fights or uh, flight or the gloom of the grave. And the Star Spangled Banner in triumph dove wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Think about that. No refuge could save the harling and slave from the terror of flight. Try to escape, we'll kill you. Okay, folks, let's continue. And Robert Reed says, talking to AVQ, the issue is Democrats don't seem to be fighting that hard to get anything passed. Maybe you have this I link I am not privy to, but I would love to see. Look, Democrats, as long as they're blue dogs, have a problem. They're not fully loaded with Democrats. Let's see. Rose Williams says, this may happen soon, soon happen sooner than later. If Yellowstone erupts, most of the country will not be habitable. It, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. Yellowstone is a volcano, a huge volcano, and there's a big caldera. And if that blows, most America is pretty much gone, not just from the explosion, but from not being able to grow for some while because all of that ash that will cover land will be sterile, not organic. It's amazing. Okay, uh, Rose says, I agree with the caller. However, there are those on the right with an agenda who would uh, love to rework the Constitution. Yes, we talked about that at Move to Amend, whether we went to a constitutional convention or just an amendment. And, well, you know, six of one half dozen of the other, but a constitutional convention opens the entire Constitution up for debate. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Someday there will be a constitutional convention our chance to change the Constitution. We progressives might as well start now composing the changes we want to see. I like that, senor. I like that, Tori. Uh, Terry, look, we've been working with that with not only Move to Amend, but another, I don't remember the name of the other uh, organization that I worked with. All right, if you run the country like a business, the bottom 20% gets crushed in the gears. Government are meant to protect people. Exactly. Rose Williams, AVQ, yes, it would be unthinkable and hopefully it will not happen. Tory Mercer says, the colonial corporatist modeled constitution and government organization on the structure of their corporations. True. True. Okay, let's see what else we have. Bruce says, Yellowstone, which side of the divide is it on? Um, I don't, I think Yellowstone, it has to be on the eastern side, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, one of you guys. But I think it's on the eastern side, but I'm not sure. It's where it has to be where the plates come together, right? Uh, where where you get the fissure. So maybe right there, smack dime in the middle. Anyhow, any anything else you guys want to call? Call us at. You can call into the show at three four eight two four eight seven seven nine nine. Let me go ahead and put that on the screen if you want to call in and say something. 
uh, para ver dónde está todo esto. Guys, let me tell you, I, uh, Eastern Side, that's what I thought, Tori. That's what I thought. Uh, west Side of Wyoming, Mike Cisak. Hey, Mike Cisak, how you doing, brother? I haven't seen you in a while. Okay, here's all you can call in. Today is a call-in day. Uh, oh, Roberto Lewis says West. Oh, God, one person says East, one person says West. 346-248-7799. The code is... 254-600-9091. I have it on the screen. 254-600-9091. Uh, Michael Renza, Egberto, can you put this on the screen? This is a caldera. It's big. That's what I was telling you guys earlier. The caldera is huge, and that entire ring is liable to explode. There it is. And look at look at Yellowstone, and look at the geyser field. That is huge. And we're talking about an entire belly of magma. Under that. That is why old geezer always comes out and shoot every few minutes, you know? All right, let's see what Bridge has to say here. So, guys, come on. Let's resolve this. Is it east of the Rockies or west of the Rockies? Or the con- Actually, I think what Bruce asked was for the Continental Divide. That's where all rivers on the west side of the Continental Divide eventually end up in the Pacific. All rivers on the uh, eastern side of the Continental Divide ends up in the uh, Atlantic River, I mean, Atlantic Ocean. The chances of this supervolcanic eruption happening is about 1% in our lifetimes. That's 1% more than 0%. I mean, it could still happen, right? All right, folks, give me a call if you'd like to. Uh, 346-248-7799. 346-248-7799. Let me tell you, one of the reasons that I had really... Very skimpy on videos today is I just got through screwing that last that last uh, picket into the fence. And it was like, we did it. We did it. Bridge MCP says, what is the continental divide? Think of the continental divide as a crest of the continent. Theoretically, when precipitation falls on the west side of the divide, it eventually reaches the Pacific. When it falls on the east side, it eventually reaches the Atlantic. In Yellowstone, as elsewhere, this ridge line is not straight. You cross the Continental Divide three times between the south entrance and the old fateful area. Craig passes. So are you saying the Continental Divide goes through the caldera? I don't think so. Verify that, guys. Verify that. I, I, I thought the Continental Divide, I thought the magma pool had to be in one particular area. Ah. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. The magma spot used to be the west side, Oregon, but has continued to move eastward as the Earth's crust moved. Yeah, but it's moving very, very, very slow. And the weight of the mountains on it right now is like a cap. Pardon, I'm not familiar with the Continental Divide. It is something you really want me to look up. I'll have an answer tomorrow if you do. Thank you. Look it up. Let's just have it. Let's just have a researcher always look things up. Okay, let's see. Uh, David Parsons says, the ash would cover the... Uh, you got to finish your sentence, David Parsons. And by the way, welcome, David Parsons. Okay, let's see where do we go from here. I, I had some subjects just in case uh, many people didn't uh, call in. Nina Turner. Nina Turner, as you guys know by now, Nina Turner was uh, one of... Uh, Bernie Sanders managers 
and uh, or you know uh, the, what do you call those campaign directors? Well, the ash would cover most of the U.S. Got you, got you, got you, David. Anyway, she was uh, supporting Bernie Sanders. Now she's running for the congressional district that was eliminated when uh, uh, Fudge went to work for the president. Now, okay, let's see. Rose Williams says the Caldera is currently identified as being in the northwestern corner of Wyoming. Thank you very much. Uh, now, Nina, you know, the Democratic Party is trying their utter best to defeat Nina Turner. But Nina is going nowhere, and today she got uh, the, I mean, and, and I, this shocked me, to be honest with you. Uh, she got the endorsement of the largest paper in Ohio, Cleveland Plain Dealer. So here it goes. It says, that person is Nina Turner. Progressive Nav's July 4th endorsement of largest Ohio newspaper. There is one person in this crowded field who has shown she isn't afraid to stand up to power and to partisan shibboleths. I should have looked that word up before I came on here because I don't know what it means. Said the Cleveland Plain Dealer, who has the guts to say what she thinks and do, what's right for her constituents and country. Yes, that's Nina Turner. That's the Nina Turner I know. Actually, that's the Nina Turner I'm also upset with because Nina takes... Uh, we had a conversation on, on a direct message and I expected her to be on my show, but uh, the press, her press guy has not been in touch. I'm going to try one more time uh, and then I'll, then I'll send her a text and say, I can't believe that you didn't make my show. All right. Nina Turner running for U.S. Congress in Ohio's 11th District won the endorsement of the state's largest newspaper Sunday. The latest show of momentum for the progressive champion who has been targeted for defeat by the Democratic Party's more corporate-friendly establishment wing. Okay, shibboleth is a slogan. Thank you, Rose, for clarifying that for me. We have an historic opportunity to deliver an agenda that puts working people at the center of our economy. To get there, we need a Congress made up of leaders who never forget their purpose. Bing, bing, bing. I completely agree. Citing the pioneering civil rights legacy of the late U.S. Representative Louis Stokes of Cleveland, who served constituents in the district that spans portions of Cleveland and Cuyahoga County, of, uh, for 15 terms from 68 to 99, the Cleveland Plain Dealer endorsed Turner on July 4th by saying she would be the best candidate to replicate Stokes' ability to speak out of the right, speak out for the rights, needs, and interests of urban, urban largely poor constituents of color, too often neglected in the business of the U.S. Congress. The, and according to them, quote, I mean, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So I think, and, and, and Crystal Ball had a comment, a significant endorsement for Nina Turner and her approach of a ferocious moral clarity combined with the willingness to work with anyone who can, who she can to deliver. I've interviewed her several times. She's really good at what she does. Not only is she good at what she does, she believes what she says, and, she, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. If she agrees with you, she'll let you know. Friend or foe, if she disagrees with you, she'll let you know. Because who comes for, to her, who comes in her mind first? 
the people. I have yet to see, well, I've seen, but she is one of the few politicians that I know who don't play ball. She is intent on getting things done. If you notice when she talks about, she doesn't, you don't hear her talking about defund the police and all of that. We understand what it means, but not everybody understands what it means. So therefore, she's not going to let it be a, a, a talking point for others. So she goes with what people want to say. Carl Cox says, Mother Nature is uncontrollable and dangerous. America needs true progressives to run and hold office. The majority at each level of government to save America. I am absolutely in agreement with that statement. Oh, wow. Time has flown. It's 340. Let's, it's time for my ads. Folks, if you are on YouTube right now, uh, please consider supporting us, supporting the program. Please click that join button and become a member of the PDR Posse currently run by Bridge MCP. Also consider getting one of our mugs for the PDR Posse at the link that I'm going to provide right now. If you don't see a join button, you can either click that dollar sign and provide us with a super chat. Or you can join uh, from YouTube, from Facebook, from Stream, from IOStream, anywhere, by going to politicsandright.com slash YouTube. politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Alternatively, you can support us on Patreon. Patreon is a way for uh, people that do what we do. We have programs where we try to put forth not only new values, but real values, and we talk to people. Uh, you can support us on Patreon by going to politicsunright.com slash Patreon. We tell the truth. We go where many mainstream media folks won't go. It's our job to make sure people are informed. It is our job to make sure we distill the news from the crap that many times you hear uh, with some sort of sanitized version of news. We take it to the limit. We, in, when I say take it to the limit, I mean in truthfulness. And the other thing is that this show is yours. You control this show. If you notice, today was an open forum day where you told me what you wanted to talk about. You can also support us on PayPal. Politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Politicsandright.com slash PayPal. You can shop at our store where you can get our t-shirts and shirts and hoodies, etc. At politicsandright.com slash store. And you can get all our books at politicsandright.com slash books. Let me tell you something, folks. Like I said, I spent this weekend doing the fence with the help of those two great Politics and Right supporters, Roberto Lewis and Norman Reynolds. And Roberto was, I mean, it was instrumental. I got the last peg in. It felt good. But what it felt most good about is when you have good people these are not my friends. These are my brothers. Well, Roberto and I go back from Panama. We were toddlers when we grew up together. Norman, I met over here uh, doing, you know, doing quite a bit together. And, and all of us are now brothers who help each other. And if we could make that the American value, where we help each other. I mean, I, I, I look around and I look at my fence that's been built 
you know, Roberto went ahead this morning and uh, there, there's a part of all the trees that we took down that was just too much for the three of us. And he went ahead and he got three experienced people who know how to do that job. And they did it, all of us together. Imagine, imagine, think about this. I'm using my fence as an example, rebuilding my fence. My fence was, hadn't been done over in 23 years. And it was in bad shape and it was time to get it done. And they just, I said it needed to be done and they were there. Think about your friends. How many people need to have things done? But we are in a culture where we don't really care to help each other. We're in a culture that we cannot see where uh, the, the aggregate of all of us, where the collectiveness of all of us makes a difference. Uh, I, these, these men, these brothers of mine, saved me thousands of dollars that I don't have to put into a fence. Think about how much we could have helped other people if we just help our neighbors, our brothers and sisters, you know, as we drove in the car and I'm talking to Roberto, uh, yes, exactly. As we talked to Roberto, I was talking there and I said, you know, hey, thanks for all the help or whatever. And he said, Egberto, you forgot I know you for so long. You've been helping so many for so long. You need help now. We are there for you. That's an empowering feeling to know you're not insular, to know you're not alone. Think about if we could put that feeling across for everybody. Think about if we really, as, no, as Michael Rodnan is saying right now, Egberto, you're talking about organizing a community network. It's one of the best things you can do to create local power. Michael Rodnan gets it empowering each other by being there for each other and not allowing the false negative vibes, the fallacies to really rule who we are. I'll look at that afterwards, uh, Michael Rudnan. Carl Cox says, when the power of love overtakes the love of power, man will know peace. Who said that, Carl? I love that. I want to repeat that. When the power of love overtakes the love of power, man will know peace. As a former business owner of a software company um, and someone who commanded quite a bit by having a software company, one of the biggest things of my life, and we discussed this today with Roberto, was saying, uh, there is more to life, there is more to life than chasing something. Chasing something, working hard as hell for, yeah, a lot of money. But there's something missing. When I went to activism, that was a leap of faith. Full-time, that is. Leap of faith. And I'm going to tell you something. Not one regret. Because when I see and I talk to you guys, whether it's by chat, whether it's by phone, whether it's by email, whether it's in the coffee shop, whether it's in the grocery store, 
You know what you guys give us all? Power. So going back to what Brother Rudnan, or not Brother Rudnan, Brother Cox had to say, when the power of love overtakes the love of power, man will know peace. I want to say, change it to a less gender specific and says, when the power of love overtakes the power of, overtakes the love of power, people, humans will know peace. Um, Linda Jo Kessinger says, my neighbors get together to help each other with yard work and outside maintenance every spring. Powerful. Kathy Pascal says, working together, singing together, praying together, and eating together are the strongest bonding things we can do. Absolutely. It's funny because yesterday, was it yesterday or Saturday? When was for uh, one of the days? Yesterday. After we got through uh, doing a lot of work, the wives and everybody were over here, and we started dancing salsa, calypso, soca, uh, merengue, soul. We did everything, tired as hell, but we had reached a point in the task, and that was community. Saw it on a bumper sticker in 1999, Bridge MPP, Jimi Hendrix maybe. When the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. Jim Hendrix. Okay, let's see. Uh, worth putting this quote on the screen. Let's see. All right. You know, <laughs> Michael Rudden is so damn quick with, his, uh, with finding stuff. Here we go, Michael. For you, my brother, Michael. When the power of love overcomes the love of power. Let me put that on the screen. I think I got to do it here. Come on. Donde esta el cráneo? Aquí está. Here we go. Kathy Pascal and dancing. Oh, you, you realize that I said dancing. Those, 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 we, were, we were dancing. And by the way, Roberto was, was teaching everybody how to do bachata, how to do line dancing. Roberto and his wife, line dancing, bachata, and everything else we had playing here. Salsa and everything. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, again, humanity. 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 Okay, folks, anybody wants to call in 7, or rather 346-248-7799, ID 254-600-9091. I had another subject that I wanted to cover. Which one was it again? Uh, I think I, the one was exceptionalism. We are, we love to consider ourselves exceptional. And for those of us who chose America, in other words, we weren't born here. We chose America. I'll be very frank. We chose America for real as a what what's the word that I want to what's the word that I want to use uh, that I'd like to use in there? Uh, because we bought into America as the exceptional country. We did buy into that. Anybody wants to be, any foreigner coming over here to work their butts off to do something, figure they could do something here easier than they could do where they were. But as we got here, we actually realized an important thing. And that important thing is what makes what makes America exceptional to those who always tout that phrase, that word, is a myth. 
you know, um, but it isn't a myth that cannot become reality. Because like I mentioned in the piece earlier, the one thing we have the ability to do still is to make structural changes that make a difference. But we have to be willing to work together. We have to be willing to invest in it. We have to be willing to disagree. We have to be willing to not let the, you know, something that Obama used to say, and I hear Biden say it every so often. Sometimes we just have to compromise. And when I say compromise, I mean you don't always have to get all that you want as long as you know you're moving in the same direction. And that is one thing that we always have to remember. Uh, Rose Williams says, strengthening the family and community is what will make our country more economically secure and safer overall. Yeah, you know, and there's something else to that, Rose. And when I, I preach all the time that most people are good, and I genuinely mean that. I know, you know, we were talking today about my town, Cullen. And my town in Cullen has turned what many say is real bad. It's crime-ridden. It's not upkept. It's not kept up, all that good stuff. But, uh, it, it, and people like to say, oh, it's crime-ridden. But you can walk in Cullen, and you can do things in Cullen. You know, you just have to be more careful than you were than if you were in some other neighborhood. But if you take a look at the individuals within any city, bad or good, or when I say bad or good, I mean what, what they'll call crime-ridden or not, you find that most people have the same wants, needs, and desires, and that if you work hard enough with them, if you work to the problems, you actually mitigate you mitigate these problems of crimes, etc. Example, uh, most criminals, except the pathological ones, and by the way, when I talk about pathological criminals, I'm not just talking about those criminals who take a gun and pull up a shot or shot somebody to steal their, their wallet or something. Those are the simple petty thieves. I'm talking about the, bast I'm talking about the bastions the titans of capitalism, the ones who take your 401k, the ones who bankrupt your companies, the ones who, in effect, makes many create, uh, uh, commit suicide. Are they not criminals as well with the same old results? Of course they are. So whether you're in Cullen where it has a higher crime rate than let's say David in Chiriki in Panama, it doesn't really matter. First of all, ultimately the crime rate is much lower than one would think as far as the probability of it affecting you, but most importantly, it can be mitigated. Anyhow, we're getting close to the end of the show, and like I said, this is your show, and if you want to call in, you can always call in. Uh, Michael Rudnan says, um, crime rates and poverty rates are tightly correlated. Raise people out of poverty, watch the crimes rates fall. If we were wise, we as a society would be doing that. Yeah, but you know, the problem is crime pays, not for the criminal, but for the people who pay to lock them up, for the industry who sell the guns to increase the police force and all the equipment that they're going to use. 
you know, all you know, when we talk about defund the police and all of that, oh, it's a scary word now. But those are the t- kinds of things that we're talking about. Invest in people. Put less money in police and put more money in investing into people that actually solves the core of the problem of crime. And you're right, Rodnan. You're absolutely right. Uh, Rodnan says the American dream, when you come here and work hard, your children will lead a better life than you did. Yes. Man, that private prison industrial complex has to fail. Well, uh, so far in the federal level, it's gone because of, so far, El Senor Biden. Carl Cox says, corporate criminals and the rich get away with everything only because, stop, we let them. I want us to reach the point where we acknowledge our power. I want us to reach that point when we really understand the real power within us. Let me give an example. Like I said, Nina Turner was, Nina Turner was endorsed by a big newspaper today, but most of the Democratic Party is fighting to make sure she doesn't get elected. But for someone who really supports the people and want policies that support the people, she is the best candidate. She has proven with her consistency that she wants to ensure that everybody has a good life. Medicare for all, family leave, all these issues that help people in her community is what she stands for. Yet the Democratic Party is coming out against her by sending their big guns to prop up her competitor. My contention to those in that district, in the 11th district of Ohio, this is a perfect time. This is the perfect time for you to show the establishment of not the Democratic Party, to show the establishment. Because remember, the establishment is comprised of both the Democratic and the Republican Party, the ones that call themselves the center. Okay? Remember that. Send a message, Ohio. Send a message and show America that you will vote your interests and not your fears. Vote somebody who's going to go into office and do something for you. Mind. I was about to close the show, but beforehand, I got to remind you, please, if you are on YouTube, please click that join button. Please become a member of our show. We need as much support as we can get as quickly as we can get it. That is how we are going to survive. If you prefer not to support us through YouTube, please support us through Patreon. That is politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Politicsandright.com slash Patreon. You can support us from YouTube anywhere going to politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Politicsandright.com slash YouTube. You can support us on... You can support us on PayPal by going to politicsandright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on our store by going to politicsandright.com slash store. You can support us on getting our books, politicsandright.com slash books. And all these books are worth having. They're in sequence. As I see it, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom was my first book. And that pretty much explained the economy, how presidents either dinged it or tried to make it better. And it made life very easy in, in, in understanding it. It's worth it. 
how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. It's going to take us, it's going to take us, all of us, to make a change. So you need to learn to talk to your family, friends, and neighbors. And how to make America utopia, taking away the economy from those who rigged it, is the beginning of how we do what we need to do. Linda Joe Kessinger, good show as always. Egberto, have a great night, everybody. Thank you so kindly, folks. This is time for us to get out. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.